three, two, one. Welcome to the System and Soul podcast, a place for founders and entrepreneurs to discover breakthrough in their business. I'm Benj Miller, fellow founder, business coach, and your host. This is your place to gain clarity and control as you lead through the challenges you face every day in your business. Running a business is just hard, so we're bringing you the conversations with people who are figuring it out, have figured it out, to help you find breakthrough. Welcome to the System and Soul podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. I hope you're having an amazing week. It's about to get better. Today's going to be so fun because I've got my friend Gary Held with us. Gary is a is a coach with us at System and Soul. He works with Red Admiral Ventures. This guy, I can't even begin to tell you his resume. We're going to dig into it with him a little bit, but if you he he fits in the lineage with me of people like Forrest Gump and uh walter mitty whatever that movie was just people with incredible stories incredible backgrounds and the longer more time you spend with him the crazier the stories get but he's got a lot of wisdom and experience to share with us as we are leaders doing this thing called business gary held welcome i'm so glad we're hanging out thank you bench it's good to be here so um I'm going to start the same way I always do, and then I might take a little detour. But what uh, is one Googleable fact? Uh, sorry, ungoogleable fact about you that the rest of the world doesn't know? Okay, um, you know, I first of all, I went through college and law school in five years. Uh, I cut off a year of college, cut off a year of law school. I came out of law school and started practicing law. I'll never forget the first client that came to me. And he sat down in my office and he told me his tale of woe. And the first thing I thought was, wow, you need a lawyer. (laughs) (laughs) That was only the beginning of me realizing that this was not a field that I could be, should be, and actually wanted to be in. And so after struggling for eight years, I mean, financially it was fine, but I hated every aspect of it. Uh, I quit my law practice and became a doorman. And I became a doorman at was then the hottest disco in Denver. It was like the Studio 54 of Denver. And I spent a year and a half as a doorman um, at at that disco. Met all kinds of wonderful people. Started me on my entrepreneurial career. But that's not something that I kind of list on LinkedIn. <laughs> you know? The doorman, uh, the doorman position? Yeah, yeah over the that doorman position. And I was a great doorman. (laughs) I'm sure you were. Um, You know, another little strange factoid is I got to meet all kinds of awesome people at the door there. I mean, these were top leaders of industry in Denver. 
And uh, one guy I remember, he owned a significant oil company and also a number of banks. Uh, years later, like two or three years later, I ended up taking over a company in bankruptcy. And our largest creditor was a bank owned by the guy that I met at the door of the disco. And we were one of his largest creditors or debtors or whatever. And um, I met with him and he sat there and went, oh, my God, the doorman <laughs> is running this business. <laughs> then I need to get my money back. <laughs> That could be a little. We scary. owed him like a million and a half, two million dollars. It was a small bank, but still, he just sat there, and I tell you, he went pale <laughs> when he saw the doorman is who I'm relying on <laughs> to get me repaid. So, a lot of good experiences in that. Yes, <laughs> we amazing. did get him paid a hundred cents on the dollar. So, tell Plus me interest. about the transition from doorman to entrepreneur. Well, I, I met a guy at this nightclub and um, we decided let's roll, the, let's roll the dice. And there were six acres in West Vale that were for sale. And uh, we came up with enough money to put down a deposit to hold the contract. And then... Uh, hired an architect and built and had him build a replica of a potential building there. And uh, well, long story short, we ended up building 600 condos up in Vail. Um, we had no money. Uh, we had no credit. Um, but we went out and sold $29 million of these condos. And the deal was 25% down, your payments start immediately, 18% interest, and the building would be ready in three years. <laughs> we actually sold $29 million of this stuff, found some strange bank in Nova Scotia that agreed to hypothecate the notes, gave us enough money so we could put a shovel in the ground. And we actually built the units, ultimately sent, sold it off to uh, Marriott. <laughs> That's amazing. And now it's called Marriott at Streamside. Uh, we were very cute. We had five buildings, A, B, C, D, and E, Aspen, Birch, Cedar, Douglas, and Evergreen. <laughs> and uh, that's what kind of started it. That sounds like a, a, a juicy first <laughs> bite at the apple. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and fortunately I'll, we avoided the worm, <laughs> which does pop up now and then. <laughs> yes. Um, and, and for the sake of everybody who hasn't seen your resume, Gary's taken several companies public since then, several other great entrepreneurial success stories, uh, a, a sage in the space. And I asked him, what, what are the three things we're talking about today? What, what's top of mind as he spends his life now pouring back into other entrepreneurs that are on the same journey and 
the three things that he thinks applies to everybody and can be great conversations for everyone, leadership, culture, and passion. So let's start with leadership. And I find leadership is one of those words that's really fuzzy and people tend to think different things when they think about leadership. So what's your model or paradigm when, when you think about leadership and when you think about the, maybe the lack of leadership with some newer entrepreneurs, what are the things that you're looking for and thinking about? Well, leadership is not a position. Leadership is not a title. Leadership is a way of living, breathing, acting, and working such that people want to follow you. I don't care what your title is. You can be CEO and be nowhere near being a leader. You can be an assistant bookkeeper that is the greatest leader in a company. It is a matter of being, acting, the kind of person that people want to follow. Yeah. And what does that require? I, I forgot the name of the of the book. I think you even gave it to me. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, you know, the only leaders worth sound, following. Yep. Yes, the only leaders worth following. Internally sound and externally focused. Internally sound. God, that's a whole world. Um, my brother's a psychologist. He spends his entire life helping people to be internally sound. But so much of it, I think, is is also the other side. And uh, forgive my, well, okay, I won't use the French. It's really giving a damn, really caring about the people that you have working with you. Yeah. And they can recognize that in an instant. In an instant, they know this is someone who cares. Who was it? Uh, Teddy Roosevelt said, no one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah. And I know from your philosophy, you always... <laughs> were good about hiring people smarter than you. You, you believed like no knowledge required. I can hire somebody uh, yeah. with knowledge. Well, first of all, it's very easy to hire people smarter than me. That's one, <laughs> that's one of the advantages of not being real smart, but not more humble. But, um, yes, there is, uh, um, I have been, uh, in companies where uh, I'll, I'll give an example. One of my companies was a PC manufacturer. We were doing the same thing as Dell. We were about half the size of Dell every year. We went from zero to a quarter billion in three years. I could not use the computer. I didn't know how it worked. Wow. <laughs> okay. Um, I could use a Macintosh and I actually took our little logo and put it over the apple on my <laughs> Macintosh on my desk because it was embarrassing that I could not even use the computers we made. It doesn't make any difference. Yeah. All business is business. What I like to say is that it's all ladies shoes. 
And what that is that if you can design and develop something that the market wants, produce it for one price, sell it for another, and keep your costs less than the difference, you're going to make money. I don't care if it's ladies' shoes, computers, anything else, software, services, makes no difference. That same formula applies. And um, you don't need to know anything. <laughs> Max amazing. Factor. I don't know if you've ever heard of Max Factor. Huge cosmetics company. The guy never wore makeup. <laughs> right? right? But he found people who knew makeup. Yeah. And if you can do that, you can do anything that you want. Never let a lack of knowledge get in your way. Knowledge you can acquire. You can license it. You can hire it. You can partner with it. You can create it on your own. Never let that stop you from what you want to do. So we don't need knowledge, but we do need leadership. And I'm guessing we need these other two. Talk about culture. You need, oh, you need passion. <laughs> and leadership ties into culture. Um, how do you define culture? Culture is, uh, you know, and at least in my view, it's a way of doing things. Mm -hmm. And it's an attitude. It's a mindset. And people come in to interview for jobs. They recognize that. They see that. Uh, I used to go to hire people and we'd sit down for 20, 30 minutes, have a discussion. And they go, well, why should I work here? And I said, listen, you take the next 30 minutes, go, just go walk anywhere you want in this company. You need a pass here. Here's a pass. You go and talk to anyone you want to talk to and ask them, what is it like to work here? Inevitably, they come back and go, are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> I want to work here now. And it's because of culture. It's because, uh, and, and it ties so much into leadership. It's because people know that management cares. Yeah. And part of that, one of the big issues that I've always had in culture is I, my own philosophy of no secrets. You have no secrets from anyone in the company. We used to put up our financials every month in front of the whole company and say, now you notice we're not going to be able to make payroll. <laughs> okay. But they also knew everyone got paid except for the top four. Mm. The top four sucked it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. They didn't take the income. Somebody is sitting there going, I want to know what the guy next to me makes. Not a problem. Why are they making 10 grand more than me? I'll tell you. And if I can't tell you, then you ought to make the same amount or yeah. they ought to be reduced. Yeah. No secrets. Everyone knew what everyone got paid and why they got paid it. And you need to be able to justify that. That is culture. 
that together with just having some fun. <laughs> what <laughs> did know? people, when you sent people out, if you can remember back on their, yeah. their office interviews, walking around, what were yeah. some of the things that they heard that create that, that perpetuated that? I mean, obviously I wasn't there, but I, I'm pretty sure from the feedback I got is all the employees say, we love it. This is the best place I'd ever want to work. And, um, you know, we used to run into problems with the Department of Labor because our employees didn't want to go home. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going, this is Saturday. I'm in the office. Why are you here? Oh, well, we want to get this done and that done because we need to do this. And I said, I can't pay you for that. Doesn't make any difference. We want the company to be successful because they also knew that I wanted them to be successful. Yeah. Just as every company has their goals, their objectives, their targets, so does every human being. I want to be able to spend more time with my family. Great. How do we work together to get you there? Yeah. And, you know, you do that, people will follow you to the ends of the earth <laughs> because they know you care. Yeah. What were some of the things that you were intentional about doing that, that showed them that you care or that they got that impression? Um, you know, the biggest thing is being human realizing that you have a life and work is only part of that life. Uh, I do whole company meetings every month and the atrium our, of our building was two stories with a staircase kind of running down the center and yeah. a little platform in the middle. And I'd have a thousand employees, 360 degrees on two floors. And I'd go out and talk to them every month. And uh, I'll give you an example. One December, I'm going, okay, we're coming to the end of the year. You guys are going to be thinking about New Year's resolutions. Are you going to be a better father? Are you going to be a better wife or husband? Um Think of the resolutions you made last year. How were you going to change those? What is that going to... The point is it had nothing to do with the business. It had to do with them as human beings. Yeah. And they saw that what was most important to me that month was them as yeah. a human being. Yeah. And that changes the world. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that's right. And yes, a hundred percent. And you know, that, that also extends to the senior leadership team. Um, you want to make sure that they feel like they can come up and say, you know, Gary, I heard your latest idea. It's the stupidest thing I ever heard of. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And they need to be able to say that and feel comfortable about it. 
That's so true. It's so, it's so important how we build those relationships with our senior leadership team, because they're subconsciously going to go reinforce that same type of relationship with their direct reports. And so if, yeah. if we're not healthy, it doesn't matter who we hire. It's not going to go well downstream. No. And, uh, and with regard to a senior leadership team, I ended up taking over a company the day it filed chapter 11. And the reason I got appointed president on the day of its chapter 11 is I was in a seniors, I weaseled my way into this senior leadership meeting. And I prepared for this and I got up and I chewed out everyone on the senior leadership team. I talked, Roger, you're head of distribution and warehousing. You retired two years ago and didn't tell anyone. Mark, you're in charge of marketing and communications. You're trying to apply the principles of transcendental med meditation to business, and it doesn't work. You such. And I just went through everybody in that room and sliced them a new one. And then I asked, I want, by a raise of hands, anyone in this room who was not in their highest position of their life, no one raised their hand. They were all in the highest position of their life. And as a result, they were scared of falling from that position. Mm. How do you stop from falling? You make sure anything you do is perfect. Yeah. And guess what? Nothing is ever perfect. Right. And so you don't get anything done. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that because, um, I was with the guy just this weekend and we were talking and he's, he's pretty high up in a publicly traded company. And he was saying the exact same thing you're saying, but didn't have the kind of language to articulate what was actually happening. But he said, you know, yeah. these are everybody at this level is this is their Scared. first time at this level. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's a really great, great yeah. insight. Um, let's talk about passion. What is passion? Yeah. Why do we need passion? Well, God, can't you see it in me? I can. <laughs> I mean, it's really, really giving a damn. And it's not giving a damn about you. It's giving a damn about other people. It's giving a damn about what can be done. I mean... People can read your passion. They can see it in your face. They can hear it in your voice. They can see it in everything that you do. Yeah. And if you're just, so are they. <laughs> All right. um, and everything you do, you need to do with passion. Otherwise, it's not worth doing. Yeah. So. I remember, um, here's my story. I tell about the first time I met you, we, we sat <laughs> together in the same room for about a day and you sat really quiet, yeah. came back the next morning and you're like, Hey, can I share something? I'm like, sure. And you went to the whiteboard and drew this analogy of the solar system based on what yes. we were talking about. And yeah. my jaw was just on the ground because it was like, you just lit up, came out of your shell. And do, I, I hope you don't mind me asking this, but how old are you, Gary? Uh, I guess what? 73. 
Okay. 73. So for the people yeah. that can't listening, can't see and are just listening, I am. I'm younger than most 40 year olds, Yeah, but I'm 73 years old. That's my point is like, when you talk about passion, you bring it more than most people I know. And you've got, you know, most people at 73 are, are winding down. Right. And, <laughs> and you're still wound up and I love it. Yeah. No, I figure I got another good 20, 30 years. That's amazing. <laughs> How do you keep your energy? Oh, God. I have no idea. Well, here's another thing that you won't find on Google. Well, you will find it on Google. Uh, I, I've taken a number of breaks. Uh, I first retired at 42. And I took six years off. Uh, I'd sold my last company. We'd taken it public. I took six years off. Uh, I did it very badly. <laughs> I was single, wealthy, <laughs> didn't need to work. So I no responsibilities. Yeah. Yeah. So I partied my brains out for six years. That was, that was a lot of fun, but, um, you know, going forward, um, how do I keep that? I keep it because I really care. It is absolute magic when an entrepreneur can start a business and operate it properly and be the kind of leader that they can be. Yeah. What, what they can do is boundless. How can someone not get excited about that? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I find that impossible. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, uh, the, the, just my nature, I, I find it incredible. I think it is wonderful. Um, uh, okay. Another weird little story. I ran a nonprofit for 10 years. We had a statewide network of technology and business incubators. We had the largest network of angel investors. We did about 4,000 companies oh. over 10 years. Our, our governor here now, Jared Polis, he was on my board. He was one of our investors. Kimball Musk, Elon's brother, was one of our investors. And like I said, we did about 4,000 companies. But we also did some work with underprivileged high schools. And... You go there and these are kids that are kind of forced to take this class. They're sitting there. Their greatest thrill in life is to be able to break their pencil point. <laughs> you know, they have no interest in anything. And here's this kid who's sitting there all slouched in his chair. And I ask him, what is the biggest problem you see in the world? And he said, the water in the water fountain sucks. <laughs> okay. That's his big problem. And I said, okay, what are you going to do about it? He says, I can't do anything about it. And I said, yes, you can. Long story short or shorter, he develops this plastic cup with a valve in the bottom and a filter. And it's, built in such a way that you can jam it onto the water fountain and the water that comes through gets filtered 
And then when you pull it off, it reseals. That's he now cool. has fresh drinking water. Yeah. Whether it ever amounts to anything doesn't make any difference. But what makes the difference is this kid now says, when I see a problem in yes. the world, yes. I can do something. Yes. That's that. what entrepreneurship is. That's what building a business is. That's what helping people grow is all about. I've had, and, and again, just as you grow a business, you need to grow people. Uh, I had one of my employees come and I sit there with them all the time. Every company has its ultimate goals, its objectives, its targets, things it wants to reach. So does every individual person. Yeah. And so I bring in a guy, he's my VP of manufacturing, and I said, where do you want to go? And he says, I want your job. <laughs> I said, awesome. Why don't you think you have it? And he said, because I can't understand financials. And I said, okay, I go through our financials every week. I want you to come here, spend an hour every week, and we'll go through those together. And I'll teach you because I want you to be able to get there. Now, tell me, will this guy follow me anywhere? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I go off on this. No, that feels that's like a mic drop. What, that's part of what passion is. Yes. No, you live it. And not just the passion, but you also bring um, a lot of wisdom and a lot of joy. And you make me better every time we spend time together. So. <laughs> Thank you for this so much. Um, Red Admiral Ventures, is that the best place to track you down? Uh, yeah. Yep. Okay. Red Admiral Ventures, we'll put that in the show notes. Go check out Gary. Um, he is so <laughs> gracious with his time. If you listen to this and uh, are curious, have a, a business case for him, he is here for those conversations. So reach out to him. Any, any final words, Gary? Yes. Be prepared for passion. <laughs> okay. You don't do this. If you're being weenie, you need to go for it. And if you want to go for it, man, I'll help you get there. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> All right. Gary, thank you so much. System and soul. We'll see you again next time.